Hello, and welcome back to Making an Artist. I'm your host, Shanna Shrum, creator, coach, and pottier. Did you miss me? I missed you. But real talk, I skidded into the holidays on fumes and had to take a little break from producing the show. I share that because I want you to know that it's okay to take a break when you need it, that breaks are a part of consistency, and that you can come back to things whenever you're ready. And I'm ready, so let's potty. But before we meet today's guest, I have to let you know that tickets are on sale for Life of the Potty Live at the Martin on January 25th. This has been a dream of mine to throw a live show since I started Life of the Potty. And there's gonna be stand-up, storytelling, sketches by yours truly, Open Bar by Lagunitas and J.P. Shanae Wine, and Snacks by Antique Taco. Also, I got you all a ring light, so your selfie game is gonna be off the chain. There are a few discounted tickets left, so get your dopamine hit and snap them up while you can. Also, it's summer-themed, in the middle of winter. So, you literally have 0.00 reasons not to come. It's literally gonna be good for you. I can't wait to see you there. On today's episode, we have Hilary Batchelor, documentary filmmaker and director of Represent, a documentary about women running for political office. In it, we talk about asking for money, rejection, more rejection, getting it all in writing, and celebrating the small wins. Enjoy. I love Laugh Loud documentaries. What's your favorite documentary? Oh, man, that's so tough. I feel like I get asked a lot, like, what was the formative documentary? Ooh, yeah. What and was I the formative doc? bullshit that. I can swear, right? <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're explicit on every episode. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I fucking cuss a lot. <laughs> I'm from Missouri, Excellent. bitch. Like- <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I haven't come up with a good answer to, like, the formative documentary. What about formative docs? I, this can be plural. I, yeah. So- I live in a world where, like, we're not just one thing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Don't be pigeonholed. Absolutely. By your docs. So then I'll say, because actually there's a film coming out with Steve Carell that's Welcome to Marwin. Okay. I think that's what it's I called. like me some Steve Carell. Um, it makes me a so little uncomfortable. Based, yeah. But <laughs> as it's an based actor, on a doc a person. that's yeah. like really brilliant um, okay. called Marwin Call. And I need to go back and rewatch it because I like... I watched it years ago and uh-huh. loved it. And uh-huh. then I'm so interested that now there's like this big... There's know, a doc about a doc? No, there's oh, like a, there's a real, a real, there's a fiction movie. Okay. Or a recreation with Steve Carell that's coming oh, out. Oh, so it's like a biopic. Kind yeah. Of. Okay. Yeah. But okay. it's like based on a documentary that's really brilliant called Marwin Call. Okay. That one I love. I, I tend to really just like films that are super like character based mm. and they just like dig into someone or a few people's mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. like real deep for yeah. a few years. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those. Um, I do a lot of work with Cartemquin films, and so, like, they, they did Hoop Dreams. Is, oh, like, okay. They're, they're one of their big ones. Um, there's another film by that director called Stevie that I always really loved. Steve, I feel like I know that. It sounds so familiar. a tough subject. Oh, cool. It's about, <laughs> like, not super fun, um, but if it's... If you need to touch this Christmas tree while you talk, that's okay. I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> you need gently, a grounding object. Just gonna, like, gently hold yes. one of your sparkly components. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's about a guy that the director had a relationship, like a big brother mentorship relationship oh God, with okay. growing up. I'm super nervous. And then he like goes back and sort of meets with him like 30 years later or oh, something. Okay. And uh, and 
that guy is dealing with some stuff around sexual assault. Ooh, okay. Where he is the yeah. perpetrator and Ooh, okay, that's where I thought it was going. Yeah. I was like uh, I was like, I'm nervous. It gets in there. It's like super uncomfortable in oh, every okay. way, but it's like Ooh. sort of So you kinda like to be uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we have to introduce you though. Oh. Okay, okay we're going to pause this uncomfortable note yeah. so everybody can get comfortable in their bodies at home. Yeah, recenter. Um, will you let everybody know who you are? Yeah, my name is Hillary Bachelor and I'm a documentary filmmaker. <laughs> who likes to be uncomfortable? Who likes to be. I like when we didn't bury the lead though. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. So, I think as far as being an artist, you have to have some willingness towards being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When, like, when did you. When did you know that you wanted to be a documentarian? Good question. Like I, so I went to quote unquote film school. Okay. Uh, I went to Northwestern and did okay. the film program. Uh huh. And I thought probably that a pretty good one up there, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's I pretty, thought it's that not a, fiction it's not a shit film, bag of a university, as far as I've heard. Not a shit bag. Yeah. Um. I feel like there's their film program is kind of going a very different way these days. So I can't really speak to right what they're doing now, but I was very much like in fiction world where you like have all this like shit ton of equipment and it's very like, everything's very hierarchical and like kind of boys clubby. It's real structured. I don't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I don't like boys clubs. Definitely (laughs) was not a fan of that aspect of it. Um, but I, I kind of like the like screenwriting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up writing. So I was like, Oh, making like writing and directing fiction films is going to be my jam. So you weren't into documentaries yet. No. Oh. And then I took a class okay. that opened my eyes. <gasps> oh, Dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where uh, you add sound effects. Yeah, right? oh, I, t- I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was it about the class that shifted you? Well, so it was like the first time that it was like on the ground, you know, go make a documentary. Uh-huh. And so I made a film, a short film about... Um, a woman who's like a nude model. Cool. Um, and she posed for a few different like arts programs and classes and stuff around the city. And it was meant to be just like a 10 minute like profile of her uh-huh. doing her thing. Um, and then it ended up sort of having a much more dramatic arc than I expected because during the course of me filming with her, she decided she was going to quit modeling and, like, move back to Indiana, where she'd grown up. Oh. And so it became a lot more, like, it had a lot more emotional yeah. impact than like, I Like, I'm just going to make this massive life choice while you're watching. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, like, about the thing that I had shown up to, like, document. Okay. And so, again, like, I just, over the course of, like, a month or two, I ended up being like, oh, there's a beginning, middle, and end to this whole, like, short film. And uh-huh. I got really sucked in, like, she was going through a lot in her life at that time, and, like, I sort of got sucked in in this really powerful way, and um, I just ended up sort of loving the experience of, like, I mean, documentary filmmaking to me is, like, this excuse to just find people that you're interested in or, like, questions that you have about the world and then Mm. just, like, go. Yeah. And so, like, I got to be, like, I have never... I'm just really curious what it's like to be a nude model. Like, I just personally, I thought about doing it yeah. and never really had the the lady balls to do it. So, like, I want to go find someone and talk to someone who, who does. Yeah. And you just get to, like, show up and talk to people. And for whatever reason, like, having a camera is an excuse. It's kind of like an well, open a, it, door to yeah. those communities that you might not necessarily 
get to show up in. So many things are coming up right now while you're talking. For one, okay, so for one, like, the idea, too, that this goes back to your willingness to be uncomfortable because you're willing not to know the answer. You're willing to let the subject or person unfold for you. That takes a lot of bravery, I think, to be like, all right, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to spend a bunch of money on it or get funding, and I'm going to follow you around with the camera, and I don't fucking know what's going to happen. And, like, the fact that that you thought you were following just this nude's model, nude model's life, and then she was like, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can't control people, and you can't control where a story's going to go. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. That which is a fun process trying to write grants for documentaries when they're like, so what's your story? And you're, and you're like, like, I don't Lol. fucking know. <laughs> Here's what it could be, but like, who the hell knows if this I is know. Grant writing such is a just, weird exercise. It's like when you're it's like when you're in school and your teacher's like, write a write a uh, you know, response or a report on X thing and you're like, let me just give this teacher exactly what I know she wants. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to give me exactly what I want, which is a fucking A, or you know, $40,000. Like, <laughs> And then we're going to go our separate ways. Yeah. Like, but you said something that, that brought up a question for me. The camera allows you into spaces, but it also kind of allows, would you say that it maybe is a vehicle for like a vulnerability too, for the subject? Or what do you think there? And for yeah. you too, to like enter in a space and ask a question that maybe if you weren't holding a camera, you wouldn't ask? A hundred percent. Yes. Like I, I feel like it's true. And it's such a, it's such sort of a weird concept because you would think that the, um, the idea of showing in with this essentially like instrument to make things really big in public right wouldn't lead to vulnerability or yeah that it would shut people down but again it's sort of just an excuse to like ask the really probing questions Uh that like who knows maybe if i just had again i'm gonna keep referring to my lady balls but if i just had the lady balls to like ask people in my life these really deep questions maybe the same conversations would unfold Mm -hmm. but it's like when in your life do you know people that you're like oh you know what I just really want to sit down and like talk to you for two hours about like your childhood trauma yeah, or the like most horrific thing you in your know life. Yeah. yeah or or you know on, on the flip side like just your deep and moving passions like I love that you're doing this with a podcast but mm-hmm. it feels it feels similar like this is a means to like have these deeper conversations I was literally artists, just thinking about like, that when you, yeah <laughs> I was like well, we got this camera this, uh, this, is, this is a microphone sitting in between us and it's the, um, like an acting, it's, it's the, raises the stakes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this thing right here raises the stakes. So we have to like, like meet it get where it's real. at. Yeah. We got to get super <laughs> real. Like so real. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No. And I, I mean, I do think like a lot of my job is to build trust and mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. not just that I can show up with a camera. Some days you show up and just hang out for hours and you don't film a single thing and you're just being there. You and just hold space. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like you just show that you're being respectful and that you're there to mm-hmm. listen and that you're committed to like fully understanding and representing someone's truth because mm. there is a lot of... I, I mean, even the best intentioned documentary filmmaker, like I've shot for the project I'm working on now... Um, we've shot like 280 hours of footage or Holy something. Shit. So it's like your editor, <laughs> it's a video. which is currently me. I know. I was like, as so a video editor, like, I'm like, oh god. Oh, I know. It's, it makes you a little <laughs> nauseous. But you're like, no matter what my intentions are, you're like gonna, yeah. anything is going to get edited way the fuck down. Totally. And so you're going to end up misrepresenting the whole perfect. That's not objective a big deal truth. At all. <laughs> 
<laughs> because you have to make it shorter. You have to make it tighter. You have to make, mm-hmm. you have to pull a story You have to make it, it watchable. Right, exactly. Deliverable, so like, I feel like, too, is another word. Yeah, yeah. And so it has to be, you have to pull all those things out of this big, massive experience. Uh-huh. Um, and so, the right, the, like, the process of building trust with people is to say, like, I am going to, in some way, you're going to get edited. You're going to get represented through my like editorial lens here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but hopefully at the point that that happens we've built the trust so that you know that like I'm doing it still with a understanding of what your full truth is and with and keeping that intact yeah in your editing process right and like a commitment to representing you fairly and putting your best in the world and such integrity I fucking try. It's let's see if I can see. Let's it. See, you can watch any of my films and to be like, wow, this is what she said, but then this is what she did. We'll see. Well, okay. So, so many things were just popping up for me because one, I wanna, I know that it's like what's be like being a woman in you know arts, whatever. But I want to kind of take it down to like actually feminine energy mm-hmm. because. Do you find that when you approach subjects and, and get into these spaces, that maybe it would be a little harder to get into? Yeah. Um, with, with not being a documentarian, but cause I feel like as women or presenting as women or even just leading with feminine energy, which is like vulnerability and compassion and all those things. Like, do you think that that is a, as a bonus for you as a documentarian? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. And I, I hope, I hope so. Like I, um, sort of by accident, sort of by intention, um, the two films that I've done, I've made a short film that was, um, yeah, the woman that I was talking about, the nude model, mm-hmm. I made two other sort of segments around body image, but body image like mm-hmm. defined in a very loose way. So mm-hmm. it was just like how women experience their bodies. Yeah. So it was like um, another woman Which is so who intimate. did like roller derby Ooh, and cool. then there was a woman who was an anatomical embalmer and like mm. cut up cadavers. So it was like women and bodies, but like yes, from but in different very points. different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a short film. What's I did that a called? Few Can years people go ago. watch it? Yeah, it should be on on the Vimeos these All days. Right. It's called Embodies. Ooh, um, that's a very clever name. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it took me so long. I'm so bad at, t- at titles. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm the worst. Um, but then the film I'm working on now is about uh, women running for like state and local office. And what's that called? Represent. Represent. We're going to talk a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I have sort of, again, accidentally slash intentionally focused on women's subjects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond just having a f- quote unquote, like female perspective that mm-hmm. I bring to it. But I think I would say like, especially for this one, just because I've spent so much more time with these women in, in these spaces, like I do feel like the, yeah, just sort of the, the vision that I bring to that is very centered in being female identifying mm-hmm. and like well, finding... you have a horse in the race too. I have, a, I definitely have a horse in the race. <laughs> you know, like, um, but I, yeah, and I, I think it's um, like for for this film in particular, like mm-hmm. it's not a film that's so much about like these giant sexist capital S things that happen in these women's lives. Mm-hmm. It's like exploring kind of the world of like microaggressions yeah. and how how people get cultured in a certain way Ooh. and like well that's one the of stuff. the things that's, that that's where that's the groundwork for all right of us. and like hopefully and I think that's sort of a nuance that I bring to it as mm-hmm. again like a female identifying professional in this space that maybe you know a guy with a camera would walk in and be like oh did they say something like creepy about your ass yeah <laughs> no then you're probably fine 
Because, like, I think one of the things that I was, like, sort of a scene that I was just cutting recently and trying mm-hmm. to wrap my head around is, like, there's there's two... I don't want to give away, like, spoil too much in the film, yeah, no, but, like... Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for the unfinished documentary. But there's there's two women who both sort of exist in a very um, male-cultured space. It's, like, this world of township trustees in rural Ohio. It's very mm-hmm. white. Ooh, it's very, Ohio. like, old man, Oof. old conservative man. Yeah. And so there's two, like, younger women who've both existed in that space, and we, we spent a lot of time with both of them. And I think one has sort of a more successful experience than the other. Uh-huh. And it's sort of trying to parse, like, well, well, why do you feel like you were able to succeed as a woman in this space and maybe she wasn't? Hmm. Um, and to me, it's so much about, like, the way that as a woman you do exist in those spaces. Like, I, I grew up in... Um, like very much like a tomboy yeah. and I played hockey and I wanted to do all these like yeah. very like boy coded mm-hmm, activities mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. and like one of my favorite jobs growing up was working at a spiral staircase manufacturing plant. What? Um, That's so a super cool random. job. But like I worked in the office just like doing like super boring kind of office everyday yeah. stuff. Administrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, there was a, the factory was, like, 70 old blue-collar dudes, and it was me and, like, (laughs) one other woman, Uh uh-huh, and so, and I was, like, 16, oh, god, and it just was such a fascinating, but, like, I loved it, it was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite experiences in the whole world, and, like, I would, I had the opportunity, this was sort of a moment, like, pre- uh, having a documentary camera as an excuse, but, like, I think just the fact that I was, like, this totally non-threatening, like, young teenage girl, I, like, wanted to talk to all these guys about their hopes and dreams. Like, I would, yes. I would be like, hey, what do you really want to be doing? And, like, yeah. guys would come and talk to me for, like, hours and oh be God. like, be like, you know, I always really wanted to, like, be a farmer. Or, like, I, I really wanted to, like, I love gardening. Yeah. And so I would, like, talk to these, like, kind of crusty old factory dudes about, like, how much they love gardening uh-huh. and, like, this shit because... They couldn't like talk to their other right dudes well, because, about it because the way that masculinity is set yeah, up in this exactly. in this culture is that like you're not supposed to talk about your hopes right. and dreams they, and the, that vulnerability yeah. like there wasn't a space for them but right. I was just like I am so fascinated by all of yeah. you and like I'll be your like 16 year old girl therapist yeah. basically mm-hmm. and so I just like loved my role there and I felt like I was successful in that space and it was like really fulfilling to me. But then, on the other hand, I sort of talked a little bit about, like, being in college and feeling like there's sort of boys clubs within that. And, of course, there's broader boys clubs within, like, the, you know, documentary and the film industries. And, like, I don't know that I do so well in those Mm. spaces. Well, because you're competition, too. Yeah. And I'm approaching it it in a different way. And also, Mm -hmm. like, certain things. I think, like, that was a positive experience in part because I was younger. I don't know if I went back now with my well, lived experiences. you didn't have a motive either. You know, yeah. like, you didn't have a lot of things. You know, yeah. like, you were, you were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innocuous? It's like, yeah, I was non-threatening. Yeah. Like, I, there yeah. wasn't anything that I was there to do besides, like, make ten bucks an hour and, yeah. like, talk to them about their feelings. Mm-hmm. That was a very, like, again, I, this was a long tangent to say, like, something the film is trying to look at is, like, given one sort of, again, like, male-coded, hyper-masculine kind of space, how can different women exist in that and some have much more successful experiences than others? And, like, how what is um, the kind of, like, code-switching that people do in that space and, like, and what feels comfortable with people and what doesn't? And, like, that's kind of the nuance that I hope to bring to it and Mm -hmm. a deeper conversation or, like, a way to deepen the conversation 
beyond, again, just like, oh, did, was one of them a creep and, like, grabbed your butt? Right. Like, no, maybe not, but the jokes that they all make about, like, farming equipment that you don't fucking get, like, right. that's a different way that those spaces get constructed. Hi, do you like what you're hearing? If so, swing on by patreon.com backslash life of the potty and become a patron. This is a listener-supported podcast, so any amount you can support making an artist with is enough and greatly appreciated. If you can't become a patron right now, please rate, review, and share your favorite episodes so we can keep the conversation going. Thank you and potty. Well, that reminds me of like not being on the golf course or right, in the men's right, room. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right? Like, because you're just like, well, also, fuck golf. It's so dumb. Like, <laughs> I'd be down with your for you miniature golf. golf. Yeah, that's course. dope. I would have business meetings at the mini mm-hmm. golf course. But one thing that was striking me when you were talking is um, I just kept thinking about power. Mm-hmm. Like, women striving for power and how that was what was missing, too, at the factory mm-hmm. is you weren't striving for power there. Totally. And in these other spaces with these documentarian dudes or whatever filmmaking dudes, and then also looking at these women who are running for office and also looking at the big one that ran for office, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, I, I read something about how, like, Hillary Clinton's, like, uh, popularity would go down when she got her seat, in, you know, at the table, essentially, when she was the secretary, when she was, when she was the secretary, when she was a, a senator, but when she was asking for the, oh, yeah, it would go up when she yeah. was done, and then when she was asking for the job, for the power, it would go down. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's true for I, I just we live in a patriarchal and a and a white very white society that those institutions of power have been built for certain people and, and by any certain threats, people right, and, and not for others. And any threats or, to mm-hmm. power like I, I think it's the conundrum of like Anyone who's looking to gain power does mean that someone else is losing power. And so I think people mm. sort of at the top traditionally are willing to say, like, yeah, we support your your equity or your equality until it threatens us. But yeah. like, of course it And what we perceive you. we have, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just going to be a tension in every kind of institutional system in our country. In and, relationship. And- <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's down, bringing it down to the micro, too. Yeah. Like, that exists in just the most basic of sure. relationships, whether mm-hmm. they're gendered or not, right? Yeah. And so, this is what we do, is we try and, like, I guess, have um, have conversations around it and, mm-hmm. and, and make it something people can talk about openly and try and... I'm also, like trying to be open-minded to, like, well, maybe I'm getting... I could be getting this wrong. Like, I, again, living in a certain truth as a documentary filmmaker, I'm on one side, and I try to talk to other people, and you mm-hmm. try to get the full truth, but the film could come out, and I could hear from people around a certain space that, like, no, I totally didn't get the dynamics there. I misrepresented it. And then you have to be willing to evolve and, mm. like, and reincorporate into your worldview because... Yeah, the end goal is still, like, equality. Right. So. Well, I was just going to say, I can see why your subjects would trust you, because having that approach of, like, I don't know, you tell me. I could be wrong. Like, I think is a very, it's too early. I don't, I don't record this early. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm more of a 3 p.m. post person, but my words are not firing. It's cool. Today. We've gone like super deep, super fast. Oh, well, like. honey. So, I go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> As we all should. As we all should. Um, so having that kind of perspective lacks ego. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, that's, I think, one of the things that will kill a fucking project faster than like anything is your like yeah when somebody comes in and they're like hey i'm malleable about this like you have to have that approach instead of being like black and white right like you live in the gray mm-hmm. anyway i just think that's beautiful and something to note yeah which is also think, exhausting though too right yeah and i think a, a struggle that i've had with this project and with this experience i just shot my hair last that's night okay there. i'll get it later yeah. Um, there's, a, there's probably a couple hair ties. <laughs> there's probably purple hair all over this carpet. Oh. <laughs> that I can add to. Yes. Um, damn it. No. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I got on my tangent. Uh, oh, I, I guess, yeah. One of the things that I've struggled with with this project mm. is like, that's just like a big bundle of like integrity and approach and perspective that I want to bring to the film. And that feels yeah. like half of the brain that I get to use because the other half means sitting down with sales agents and distributors. Oh my god, I was going to talk about money with you. and yes. fundraisers and trying to pitch to them yes. the most exciting, the most dramatic version Ugh. of and this playing film. the game. And playing which the isn't game. really a game I want to play. I hate the game. I know, and I it's just unavoidable. Like I, as an independent doc filmmaker, there's no one else to do it for yeah. me. It's got to be me. I have to go to these markets and events and meetings and stuff um and some of it is really helpful in honing like we were talking about grant writing earlier like yeah grant writing to a degree is really helpful in sitting you down like yeah you it, sit helps down you, and articulate. it helps you distill like what yeah. you're trying to say and you're like your goal okay and all this, this yeah. is my this is my For story sure. sometimes that's there are helpful points mm-hmm. like to sit down and do that but then there's having made that same pitch 100 to 200 times in these Ooh. meetings it's like it becomes cemented in a way that I don't feel like I have, um, I have to, I have to like do a whole deep breathing thing when I sit down at the edit and say like, no, I, I have the space to like rediscover. Like, yeah. In the edit, you want, again, like hundreds of hours of footage, you want to be able to say like, oh, actually. The story needs to tell itself. The story, yeah. yeah there's this whole other thing that happened that like I was sort of blind to, but like now I see Yeah, because you're back, wa- you're watching it in hindsight's 2020. Right. And you're like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Yeah. This isn't what I've been pitching people. Like I need to have the space to go explore and do that without hearing the voice in right. my head that's like, oh, well, you told HBO that, like, this was going to happen. And you're like, <laughs> oh, but that's actually not the thing I find mo- most interesting about the story anymore. And so there's, like, a very small window, I feel like, where it's helpful to write grants, it's helpful to pitch your project, right. and, like, get the language out there. And then I just want to, like, shut it the fuck down and yeah. be like, okay, I have made those promises, but now I need to go and, like, make the movie however it's gonna like get well, cause made because it's a documentary it's not a script that you can just revise to for to fit to I anything know. and also the other thing about script writing is the story has to tell itself there too yeah like you have to there has to be some integrity to the story and you see it all the time when things you know they call it jump the shark or whatever yeah, yeah. like and you're just like wait where the fuck what the fuck happened yeah like the story was going great and now it's completely turned into something else yeah those that's like because somebody or executive, like, right it's like too tight of a grip on to it. the pressure mm-hmm. yeah yep, that's yep. like oh you gotta make it big you gotta make it so oh god i mean i feel this on a deep deep level right because <laughs> you're just like i'm an artist i have to make the things that like are kind of coming through and asking to be made and yeah. then this structured world that we've made up 
Like, we made all this up, by the way. Like, we could, you know, you could have execs that could be like, whatever, here's, you know, 100 grand, make what you want. Like, you could do it that way. It's all choice. Yeah. But, so how do you, and this is is where I'm going to slide into, do you have a daily practice? Like, how do you stay grounded around all of this and then return to what the material's asking to be made into? I think, I wish I said I had a yes to the daily practice thing, and I, Mm -hmm. like, I would like to find that still. Uh-huh. Um, I think the thing that's most grounding for me in the process is like when you show up to shoot because uh-huh. that's the most, I think you do still find those sort of nuggets when you're editing. You're like, oh, this is brilliant and mm-hmm. not where I thought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but it's still like you go into that with a, a set of opinions and you're shaping it a little bit more than like when I show up to shoot and this is again sort of the world of like super indie doc like Uh I'll know this someone will be like oh yeah I have like an event tonight Uh I'll be like cool I'll come to your event I have no idea what the event is like who's going to be there what significance it has like at you know to some degree you you're like okay well I want to go to this event because I'm going to see her exist in this certain way and that's Uh going to be useful to the story But, like, beyond that, you just have zero control over, like, what ends up happening in that. And Mm. so I think that's the most grounding thing to me is, like, continuing to shoot through these last couple of years. Like, you go and you do the pitch meetings and, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And you're like, oh, this dramatic thing is going to happen. And then you go to the meeting where the dramatic thing is supposed to happen and it's, like, just totally doesn't. And you're like, <laughs> well, like, I cannot fudge that in editing. Like, this yeah. is just what it was. You can't put some music on that. No. Like, bigger than it is. You cannot slap, like, special effects of explosions and, like, convince people that, like, <laughs> this was the ending it was supposed to be. Yeah. And so... Sounds like your practice is surrender. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. Yeah. No, I, I think it is. Like, because you can just drive yourself... You would drive yourself crazy otherwise, being like, well, this didn't go... The way I, it needed to go. Yeah. And you're like, well, that this is just life. Like, your job is to show up and respond to life. So, in that sense, it went the way exactly, exactly the way it needed to go. Do you have a hard time sleeping the night before a shoot? Or do you just, like, let it all just, like, be like, I don't know. It's all going to just tumble out. Like, the way that it's, like, you know. Yeah. I, not anymore. They're just, I've been doing it too. Like, we've uh-huh. shot at least 100 days out of the last two years. So, it's like, I'm more just tired yeah. before and after every Every shoot. Because you're not, you don't, do you sit there and like game out what could happen or you just like let it, let it ride? To some degree, like I said, you kind of go in and you're like, okay, well, I'm going, I'm choosing to shoot this because I think it's thematically important for X reason. Mm -hmm. So if it's that, then I know I need to get like, I don't know, I'll I'll stop trying to be so vague. Um, I feel like, okay, this, it's going to be like the first time my candidate goes and speaks publicly. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's going to go well or if it's going to go yeah, poorly. yeah, that's exciting. But it's like about the yeah. tension around like maybe yeah, she isn't time. used to speaking publicly and like right. stepping out in this big way. And so it's all going to be about like, well, how are people responding to her? And how is she, you know, uh-huh. is she, is she going to speak well or like be able to answer questions she on gonna the fly? Is she going to stutter? Like, is she going to stutter? Is she like, going to fart? No, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All relevant information. I would. I would be super nervous. <laughs> This is why I'm, like, behind the camera. Um, so you're, like, you, you go into it with those, like, questions, and to a degree you're, like, okay, well, I know that I need to get reaction shots from the audience of them, like, mm-hmm. their faces as they're listening to her, so we get a read on, do they like her or not? But then, again, you, you just kind of have to show up, and the speech might get canceled. She might not have time to speak. Like, yeah. it might, you know, the microphone might cut out, and it, it just anything could then evolve from that scenario so you have to be like oh 
Okay. So and oh, that's, that's like, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist's way or whatever, but Julia Cameron calls that uh, filling the form. Hmm. Like, you just show up. And you're just like, hey, I don't know, like, what's going to get made today, but I'm here and receptive to it. Yeah. Which I think is, again, your practice of surrender. (laughs) Yeah, but it's so, like, that's such a hard mindset to maintain because, like, I think you do have to be really conscious about, and I'm, like, saying this partially to hold myself accountable, like, through whether it's pitch meetings, grant writing, just through sitting with your story or with your art for a period of time it's impossible to like find that blank slate so many days you walk in and you're mm. like trying to find that blank slate mm-hmm. but I have an opinion on which direction and you direction have desires and you yeah. have and you want to cultivate and, it in a certain yeah. way and like letting go of that is like yeah it just needs to be a really very intentional practice and skill I mean, it's like a, a practice to hone that skill. Can we talk about rejection? Yeah. Like, how many times, like, I feel, I'm getting a sense that there's, like, if you're doing 100 <laughs> pitch meetings, like, how much rejection Oh God. have you received in your filmmaking life? So, so much, of course. Like, yes. I, I mean, some of it is sort of hard rejection, and some of it is, like, oh, you just don't hear from people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when it's like writing grants, that's one where they, they have to give you a no at some mm-hmm, point. And mm-hmm. so we've written at least 40 grants Oof. probably and gotten like three of them. Oof. Um, so that's just, I'm like happy we got Eddie. Like yeah. it's a really fucking tough competitive business. But I think if you look at it from like the standpoint where you are right now, you're like, I'm still here. I'm still making things. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, it also just goes to show, like, how much you kind of have to prepare yourself to weather a bit. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. Like, like what's that percentage? You've written 40 grants. You've gotten three. Yeah. That's like, a, it's a real shitty percentage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Correct. But that's, the, I think that's the reality of it, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think that, I think that's just what you have to be ready to, like, willing to, like, kind of get slapped with. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still here and you're still making things. Like, I think what I'm trying to circle around is, like, rejection feels, I don't know, for me it feels like, oh, it's just like this death or something. <laughs> I don't know. Does that ring true for you? Yeah. And some of them sting more than others. Yeah. To- oh, totally. Sure. Some stings more, way more than others. Yeah. Like, the ones that you put a lot of energy into. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is a perfect fit. And, like, Mm -hmm. this opportunity is exactly yes. Mm -hmm. And others, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was a long shot anyway. And Mm -hmm. you can sleep fine at night. But, Mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, there was was one over the summer that was, like, specifically for female or filmmakers about telling stories about, like, female subjects. Mm -hmm. And, like, we had a good conversation had like a phone call with the person running the grant. Oh like yeah, felt so good about yeah, it. It's gonna be great. And then it, uh, we didn't get it, but another film about women running for office got it instead. Uh, that was one. That's of, a major. That slap. was one of the low, oh. low points. But yeah, it's like yeah, and it's not gonna... personal. No, it's like not. I know it's that not. it's not, but it feels like right because yeah. you put so much of yourself into your art, right? Yeah. And you're like. <sighs> <sighs> But I do think, you know, like, deep breath out. Yeah. My boyfriend just has, is, like, going to listen to this and laugh and be like, yeah, she's not quite so, like, calm and centered ah. in the moment. Like, but in retrospect, we can have a little bit of grace and poise about it, I guess. But well, and you get to reserve that for him because yeah. he has he's, to deal with the crazy. He's, he's your intimate partner, yeah. you know? Like, I don't... You don't have you don't have to give your first reaction to the world on it. No, like you can be like, yeah, that fucking sucked. <laughs> I, you know, like yeah. that was brutal, and I felt like garbage afterwards. But 
and you yeah. got over it and you moved through it and now you're here and we're sitting next to this gorgeous tiny little Christmas tree. Gorgeous. I like the beads. And like you've lived to tell, you know, you live to tell a tale another day. Yeah. No, totally. Mm-hmm. And I I think like a lot of the conversation that's happening in documentary world and obviously as a subsect of like art in general, but mm-hmm. is around sustainability because I think to a huge degree I'm also really privileged to be able to like make this film sure. and kind of hobble along on like barely funding for the last year mm-hmm, or so mm-hmm. like I'm not paying off like huge medical debt like I was able to pay off my student loans a few years ago mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, um totally. I have a cheap apartment and can like yeah my expenses are so low like I don't have a kid I don't have a mortgage like I can afford to pay myself very little when we don't get these grants to sustain and keep writing the mm-hmm. other grants mm-hmm. and like I work with an awesome team like some of whom we're paying fully and some of whom are like getting deferred and like because mm-hmm. they're in a position that that's what they can, they do, can that. do and like sure. and it's all of those like pieces coming together in a perfect way that means like this film gets to hobble along but it's like that's absolutely not how that should be because no. <laughs> it becomes just another sort of set of gatekeepers for people who are coming from like any kind of unstable in- unstable like income and like background and well, um, and then it gets, then we talk about the lens, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for a long time, majority of filmmaking, and still in the majority of filmmaking, documentary or otherwise, is through the lens of what? Yeah, like white like dudes, like white well guy. off, Mostly. you know, straight yeah. white guys, yeah. straight cis white, yeah. yeah. And now that, this is kind of, and maybe you disagree with me, but this is kind of where I like the fact that, like, iPhones and shit have become more, yeah. like, accessible at well I mean they're still really expensive but everybody has a phone these days and mostly everyone's phone has a camera on it and so it's like if you have a desire to to document something literally yeah like you can do so no totally like documentary has become much more um democratized Mm -hmm. in that way Mm -hmm. because all sorts of gear even like the pretty high-end professional ones like um, has gotten cheap. Like, we're not shooting on film anymore. Right. Where it's like thousands of dollars to even right. consider processing a reel of film. It's like, oh, God, yeah. You can get a halfway decent, you know, digital camera uh-huh. and shoot as much as you fucking want on it. Yeah. And so, like, you do have more people trying to tell the stories than ever before, which is awesome. Yes. But the hurdle still comes it's when it's, distribution like, and- distribution and support for those projects. And it's, like, um, there's still... A barrier An there. industry mm-hmm. to, like, capital I industry uh-huh. to, like, break into that has people who, who like, bless your project and mm-hmm. anoint you and... Yeah, like you said, gatekeepers. Yeah. Anoint you. <laughs> Don't fucking anoint nothing. <laughs> yeah. Get your anointing hands away from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. So how have you funded, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. how have you funded this project to represent so far? Um, well, we just finished a Kickstarter. Love. So that was exciting. Yes. Um, how, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how stressful was that? 10,000. <laughs> it was, like, so much more than I ever yeah. imagined, honestly. Like, every day you're, like, obsessively refreshing yeah. your, your yeah. page to be like, who likes me? Who likes us? I know. Who will validate us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Um, Ugh, and then you get into a place where you're, like, you're kind of, by the structure of the industry, you're measuring your worth through money. Yeah, money, totally. money, money, money. Yeah, monetizing. Which totally. is tough. But um, you hit your, did you hit your goal? We did. Yes. We did. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I should have champagne. Do it again. (laughs) But no, uh, (laughs) you're like no. That was 
And that was also an important process because, like, we wanted to introduce the film to more people and right. like, just get more people yeah, excited about it. Yeah, it's the project it as well. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was both fundraising and also like audience building to mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, we're here. Yeah, we want you to be a part of what we're doing. Yeah, creating a community." Um, so that was that was also like in doing the like everyday marketing thing. It's mm-hmm. like you have to have two brains. It's like, will this raise money? And like, will yes. this get people excited and you know just want to be involved? Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, we've We've gotten a few grants from film institutions and a few grants from, uh, like, foundations that support women running for office or, like, democracy kind of focused foundations. There are those. I mean, that's why we have more women. I mean, the midterms just happen. We have more women than I think ever. (laughs) Yeah, in Congress, yeah. Yeah. In Senate, too, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's massive. Oh, it's great. Um, My, like pessimistic like Mm -hmm. thing there is um one of the stats that we start like some of our fundraising demos with is that in 1997 um the u.s was ranked at 52nd in the world for gender parity Mm -hmm. which is like not great no not for an industrialized most powerful nation (laughs) in the world right um by last year 2017 we were 104th so Shit. we have Dropping not knowledge bombs on us. Been keeping up with the pace of like the gender world. equity in the world. Yeah. So like, what the fuck have we been doing? And so I like, mean, just with the midterms, there are more women than ever before, and but we, we're like jumping back up to like seventy third place, maybe somewhere in there. But we're still like twenty places below where we were mm-hmm. fucking twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, what have you been doing? Like we, representation. At that, like, congressional level goes from being, I'm going to misquote this, but being around 22% to being around 24%. Uh-huh. And there were so many really exciting firsts. You have, like, Ilhan Omar yes. and, like, Rashida Tlaib and, like, Deb Holland, Like, all of these really cool, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, like, yes. youngest. And those individuals are really exciting, but mm-hmm. it's, like, percentage-wise. It's, yeah. It's still fucked. It's still not enough. <laughs> it's still fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I think that you bring up a great point in that, like, we can celebrate those wins, but we can also still push for more. Yeah. Right? And I feel like, is that kind of, like, what's what's the thesis of your <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, I mean, when, in, if you're, you know, everything gets, you know, right and perfect and whatever, like, what do you, what do your hopes and dreams for this, this film represent? I think you kind of, you, that's pretty close. Like, I think... The individual women that we film with, I find just all so fucking, like... Amazing. It, yeah. I, I hate using the word inspirational, almost. Whatever. But it's like, <laughs> oh, you're fucking, like, passionate and resilient and talented and, like, really in this to do work in your community. Like, not the ulterior mo- motives of, like, money and power and influence and stuff. It's like, you want to solve problems and you want to make things better and, mm-hmm. like... That is gives me so much mm. hope for like who the people feeding like our legislation our legislators yeah. and like yeah and, like local governments like that's exactly who I want to see in there. So like there are these like beautiful sort of pure moments of like hope and inspiration and like and then there's the, sort of the crushing like oh but as a country we're still yeah. way behind and like mm-hmm. these institutions still set up these barriers whether they're like systemic or like cultural there are still so many challenges for these women to be successful and I hope that's what 
people ultimately walk away with is kind of like I never like to give people too happy an ending. It's <laughs> like, oh, you're happy about it, you're excited, well, and then I, I will crush you a little bit at the end. So you're like, oh fuck, we have to do something. Well, there's still some work to do. Yeah, I mean, because that's the reality of it. Yeah, is that there's until there's fifty one. What are we? Fifty one percent of the population. Yeah, until there's fifty one percent of women in our government. Right. We're not done. Right. So. How can people, can people go in and, um, who are listening, if they want to, like, support you, how is the best way to do that? Support, um, represent the film? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we have, we have social meds, you can, yeah. you can check us out, uh, let's see, represent underscore film mm-hmm. on most, uh, social Represent media underscore film, I think is Twitter, and then the film represent mm-hmm. for Facebook and, uh, and Insta. And would you not say that, like, likes and shares are massive? Likes and shares are beautiful, like, yeah. totally come into our community and and hang out with us Mm -hmm. and check out what we're doing and like we'll have if you're sort of chicago or midwest based we are around a lot we Mm -hmm. go to events we do okay speak out you're still filming show yes awesome we are still filming a little bit Uh um mostly done but we're gonna sort of spend the next year probably editing okay um and then if people wanted to help you out with a little fat stacks yes is that still possible always oh my god yeah always possible (laughs) Um, yes, the best way to do that, if you go to our website, which www.thefilmrepresent.com. Thefilmrepresent.com. Yes. We'll link to that, too. Oh, cool. In the show notes. So you Perfect. can scroll down right now in yeah. whatever you're listening to and go look at the website. Fab. And give you guys some there'll money. Be a, there'll be a little donate Give the ladies some cash. On the upper right hand yeah, side. Yeah, so we can hear this story and see it. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. And I, my other plug for giving us all the money is, like... Our core creative filmmaking team is mm-hmm. all women Massive. in Chicago. Yes, that's huge. Um, it's, yeah, like, yeah. That's really big. We're really trying to, like, support and grow. Mm-hmm. And, and put food on the table of those folks that are helping you all. Yeah. Right? That's my, that is 100% one of my favorite things that I get to do with this film is, like, yeah. we hustle so fucking hard for money. Um but then we like get to give it to people who mm. are really awesome and like trying to make their way in the documentary world in Chicago. Yeah. Like, I mean, like literally just give to independent film yeah. and you can support the arts yeah. and support this story about yeah. women running for office, which we need way more women to be running. Yeah. Like, guys, we're having, an, we'll have a bunch things. more elections still left to do. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like. Fucking. Want more potty in your life? Head on over to lifeofthepotty.com and sign up to receive the Potty Report. It's a super fun newsletter that will keep you knee-deep in potty knowledge and goings-on. We've always got fun things in the works, and you're invited to all of it. Do you have any creative champions? I'm always interested in that. Like, people who, like, Hmm. you know, kind of put their little hands together and give you a little boast. Yeah, totally. And I... I think a lot of them are women, too. That's just the theme of today. Well, that's always the theme on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So down with that. Yeah. I'm sort of, like, always in the market for more, like, mentors and stuff. So I'm like, hey there, future mentors, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're a mentor, can you call me at 31? (laughs) (laughs) Email me at... Yeah, Hillary's so cool. Because no matter where you are in the process, you always need somebody who's a little bit ahead of you. Totally. To guide. Or to at least look up to. Or, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think with this project, like, I've been, mostly for the sake of funding, like, I have shot everything and I've edited everything so far. And Mm -hmm. as the director, I'm like, oh my god, it's all just in my brain. And, Mm -hmm. like, um, 
I have a fabulous producer who like weighs in on so many creative decisions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we work with that company, Cartemquin, who also like help give us creative notes and shit, but it's like so much of the story just exists in me and I'm like crying out for like, oh my God, I need other like really (sighs) brilliant yeah, creative editors, minds. creative yeah. minds to be able to watch this and, like, give us some perspective and some notes. So I'm 100% like, yeah, call me at 1-800-MAKE-GOOD-FILMS. <laughs> well, um, if you want to be Hillary's mentor, you yeah. can also contact her through thefilmrepresent.com. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, I, yeah, I've had other really brilliant female filmmakers who have been really incredible at, like, whether it's sort of mentoring on, like, the creative side or mentoring on, like, oh, here's how to, like, write a contract so you don't get taken advantage mm-hmm. of when oh you're my in gosh. the freelance Let's world. Let's pause like, on that yeah. and say that again. You need contracts. contracts. I do contracts. Yeah. People look at me weird a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, listen, this is just a written boundary here. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have heard a million stories of artists, creatives, freelancers not getting their money, getting taken advantage of because mm-hmm. they didn't have a contract. Because, like, I think there's something for a woman. It's like, oh, if I ask you to write a contract, I'm telling you I don't trust you. Right. Fuck that. Right. No. I trust you. I just want to make sure I can trust the future you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And, like, you need to trust me. It's like, like future trust for me. Right. And you know, it goes both just, ways. It's not, it's like, it should just be so ubiquitous. Be so, like, part of the fabric of doing business. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, here's my rate and yep. here's my contract. Yep. Like, yeah, contract, never... contract. I don't care if they're your best friend. If you no, I know. Then you definitely money, need one, though. You definitely need a contract. It gets weirder when it's your friends. I have, yes. like, experiences, too, where it's like, it does feel super weird yes. asking your friends for contracts. But, it's but if somebody runs away from a contract, that's a blessing. If they're like, yeah. I don't want to do this because yeah. you want to make me sign something, like, all right, well, smell you later, yeah. friend. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yes, because that means that you're gonna be an issue yeah. later. If right. you can't dan- if you can't like handle just like simple Yeah, come on. Totally. This is you know, this is the thing is like that's that's the one thing in from the business world that serves artists and freelancers. Mm-hmm. Do a fucking contract. Anyway, please carry on. <laughs> I just, yeah, but like I needed those people in my life to like help with that. Yeah. Because you're like and... you need somebody to be like, okay, well, how do I do a contract? Yeah. What's that look like? And film school doesn't fucking teach you that. No. Also, why doesn't <laughs> why film, doesn't school, film teach school teach you that? This is like We've my biggest raged about that on here before. Good. Especially in, because you know, I have a theater degree and they don't teach you how to go out there and like manage your money, yeah. manage your image, like, manage like They talk to you about like contracts, union, anything. Like, yeah. No, no, none of that. There was no class about the union. Yeah. Like, there fucking should be. I know. Like, it's just ridiculous. You're yeah. paying all this money. Well, we're going to go because we have to go fix the fucking educational structure <laughs> of academia. Excuse us. BRB. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure having you on. It's- Thank you so much. Again, everybody at home, go to thefilmrepresent.com. Yeah. Throw some stat. You know you have some of that holiday money that came in, right? You know your <laughs> mom gave you all like of your 10. holiday bonus. And yeah. Give it to us. But like, seriously though, if you want the world to keep being colored and flavored by the arts, you gotta you gotta pay us. Yeah, you gotta pay a bitch. Mm-hmm. Bitches gotta eat. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Love ya. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Potty. You guys say potty. 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 Well, that's it, folks. 
Episode music by Linen Bone at soundandpatternsmusic.com. Podcast art by Jessica Savage. Editing and mixing by yours truly. And to find out more, visit lifeofthepotty.com. Thanks for listening, and as my dad would say, talk at you later. <laughs>